podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fresh off the bye, here we are. Jeremy JNP Phoenix, I'm here with my brother. Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate fit. And right now, we're about to give you pop culture. Hit you with that pop, 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 pop. Don't act like you don't know the name. All right, we're here again. And we're going to give you a little A-I-T-A-H. Am I the apple? Love this segment. It's so good. And today, I think that we have a good one for you. It's definitely a good one. Check this out. All right, I'm going to read it to you. You let me know your feelings. Everybody listen up. It says, am I the apple for asking my wife not to cook for me anymore? I'm a 30-year-old male married to a 26-year-old female, and she is a disaster in the kitchen. She leaves a huge mess behind after she's done with cooking. She uses a zillion utensils even to make a coffee. Don't ask me how. It's an unsolved mystery. Today, she said she learned a new recipe from her mom and went to the the kitchen to prepare it. When she was done, it turned out to be vodka pasta. It tasted horrible because she added an entire bottle of vodka. She also put too much salt in it and ended up tasting like salt with pasta instead of pasta seasoned with salt. So so I told her to make whatever she wanted only for herself and never for me. And also to clean up the kitchen after she was done cooking. To add, I've always cooked for us ever since we got married. I don't even mind cooking for her. She has no reason to cook for us both. She says she wants to learn to cook. So I told her to make herself food and I'll taste a bit and I'll tell her what she could do better. He also adds an edit at the end where it says, I work as a, at a chef at a restaurant uh, and I work there nearly 12 hours a day. So I have just enough time to get as much work done as possible at home and then go to sleep. When my wife cooks, the food turns out to be inedible and ends up in the trash. Then I have to clean it up, cook again, and then clean up once again. So is it too much? No. So it's so much work for me. She refuses to go to cooking classes too. I don't have time to teach her. Edit number two. She boiled the pasta with vodka and water. Then she made the sauce with more vodka. Her logic was that since vodka was an important ingredient and one of the most important ingredients, adding more would make it taste even better than the given recipe. She didn't realize that vodka makes food bitter when added in large quantities. So, Brandon, very simply, (laughs) is this man an apple for telling his wife not to cook for him anymore? I need to know more. I need to understand how long they dated, how many times she cooked for him before they got married. Was this a conversation they had before they said, I do? Because to me, that matters. Did he lie trying to get in? Because we have friends. I have a friend who said to his girlfriend when confronted, you just say and do what you got to do to get in there. Uh, Did he lie to her and say her food was good when it wasn't just so he could get in there? Brandon. I don't feel like you at all. I think ever since we were young, we were always taught you got to pick and choose your battles. And I know this is not, you know, the 1920s 
where women are supposed to cook and guys are supposed to, you know, bring the, the bring home the money, bring home the bacon. But inevitably, she's cooking something that was her mother's recipe. So obviously, she feels that this is something she wants to do. Sometimes you just got to take the L on things. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Now, now I have no problem. I'll be real with you, Brandon. I have no problem with him saying, "Hey, look." clean up after yourself after you're done or hey let me help you hey let's both do dishes or, or just something but with the food brandon sometimes you gotta sometimes you just gotta suck it off and take it <laughs> sometimes nah, you gotta su- nah son nah you're wrong here's why because you can take one l on one meal fine she makes a mistake in the kitchen fine but if this is a perpetual issue it's not going away you got to put your foot down now before it's too late and well, I, the only thing I'll, I'll lend to you is that he said she refuses to go to cooking classes. So he obviously he's trying to teach her, but she she just want to do it her own way. She want to be hard headed. She want to learn herself, which is fine, unless it, the food doesn't taste good. It's just whew. he didn't say it didn't taste good, Jeremy. He did not say it didn't taste good. He said it was inedible, not able to eat it. It ends up in the trash. That's how bad this food is. I'm sorry. But I think the dude's making the right decision in this case. He's I will, putting his foot down instead of living a life of misery. I will also say I soften on his stance a little because he says, so I told her to make whatever she wants for herself. <laughs> Never for me. That is the funniest part of it to me. That is the funniest part of it. <laughs> that is so because great. Because if he doesn't like Jeremy, if he doesn't like it, there's no way she likes that food. She knows it's disgusting. She knows it's disgusting. And, and now and- she's stuck. And he's not putting restrictions. He's not like, stay out of the kitchen. No, what he's saying is, hey, make, hey, knock yourself out. Whatever you want to make for yourself, go ahead and do it. Do it big. You'll do nothing. Do it big. Just make sure you make portions for yourself <laughs> because I'm not eating it. So that's the reason I back off it because he's not like he's put restrictions on her. His palate is just more refined than what she's able to cook for. <laughs> 100%. I love it. So, so, oh my goodness. The first time we've done Am I the A-hole? Am I the apple and Brandon's first verdict of not guilty? Yeah, this is my first not guilty, but I feel strong in my not guilty. I, you know, they say you got to do it beyond a reasonable doubt. This is beyond a reasonable doubt. This dude is not the apple. Man, look, when, when I start out, I fell one way. After talking about it, you know, I'm leaning the other way. All I got to say is if it doesn't fit, you must have quit. That's our feelings. The RVK, get at us. Is this man in the wrong? Are we in the wrong? Let us know. Welcome to Between Two Bears, the newest 1012 Network podcast. Uh, this is Matt is Bear. I'm going to introduce my co-host, Evan A. Bear, uh, to give you a quick idea of what the show is about. Yeah, Between Two Bears is going to be a it's going to be a great sorry. Between Two Bears is going to be a great look at the silly and sometimes stupid. Between Two Bears is going to be a great look at the silly and sometimes stupid side of Baylor sports. Hey, I'm gonna try one more time. Between two. Bears. Okay, uh, Evan. Evan's gonna go take a nap. Um, but we are excited to join the 1012 Network along with the rest of their already great lineup of Big 12 podcasts. Check them out at 1012 Network on Twitter and us as well at Matt is Bear and at Evan Abear. Uh, Sickum Bears. I 
I am very excited to announce a new sponsor to the RBK that you guys will love. Symbol. It's the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams or whoever it is you want to invest in. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol is offering a very special giveaway to the 1012 Network and the Raspy Voice Kids. It's going to hold a drawing to give away two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. All you have to do is sign up for Symbol, make a $25 deposit using promo code RASPY12, that's R-A-S-P-Y-1-2, and you will be entered into a chance to win two tickets to your favorite team's game this season. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code RASPY12, RASPY12, for a chance to win two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. Visit symbol.com and use the promo code RASPY12 and start investing in your favorite teams now. Are you a Big 12 basketball obsessed fan and have nowhere to go for just all of your Big 12 basketball information? Look no further because Midwest Madness is here just for you. We talk men's and women's basketball all year long. With exclusive interviews, guests that come on to talk about each team, game recaps once the season begins, and so much more content you won't know what to deal with. So for all of your Big 12 basketball needs, Midwest Madness is your place to go. Listen on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. I got five on it. Another week, another five. It's Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. Joined by Jeremy Phoenix, J.N. Fiend in the building, in the booth. It's time for us to do all five questions where we give you five answers. Jay, hit him with it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another segment of I Got Five on It with the Raspy Boys Kids. I'm your host, Jordan, and let's get things started with the first blank. I believe Neil Brown blank this football team. I feel like Neil, I believe Neil Brown owes his football team. He owes it to them to win now, not just to build and process. He owes it to the seniors. He owes it to the guys who put in the blood, sweat, and tears to try to find a way to win now and not just chalk it up to building for the future. Neil Brown owes his football team. I like that. And as much as you thought I was going to say something else, I feel Neil Brown has to prove it to his football team. You can only buy in when you see results. When you see results after years, then you buy in, hey, this is working. This is progressively working. Right now, it doesn't seem to be. So he he has to prove it. You know, put up or shut up. TCU this week. It's big. Number two. I'm blank about the WVU basketball season. To use a word I learned from my boy Jay Boog, I'm nonplussed. I'm not in, I'm not out, I'm not excited, I'm not angry, I'm not disappointed, I'm nothing. I don't know what to think about this team. I'm a little bit intrigued. Maybe intrigued is better than nonplussed. I'm intrigued about this basketball team. I want to see what they can do with the team that they have. A lot of elements gone, a lot of new elements in. I'm intrigued. 
I like that non plus. First time I've ever heard that terminology. You know, you know, leave it up to Boog to drop it, drop that knowledge on you. For me, I'm wait and see. I'm wait and see with this basketball team. I'm not excited at all. Um, I think we have good players coming back. I think we have the uh, keyword potential. But because of everything else that I've seen uh, from the football season from last year, had the ending of last year's basketball season, man, look, I'm waiting to see. We'll see what happens. Number three, I have blank confidence with Neil Brown coming off the bye week. I have no confidence. I have no confidence because so far he hasn't proven anything to me about wins and losses. He has proven to me he can say the right thing. He can do the right thing. But can he win? I have no confidence in the fact that Neil Brown can win at this point, at this juncture with this team. I've got no confidence. I use the same word. I have no confidence. And we'll get into it on the roundup. Why I feel no confidence coming off the bye week. We are going to talk about Neil Brown's record at WVU coming off a bye week or extended uh, time off at least nine days. But uh, judging by that record in this team, no confidence. Number four. Garrett Green better see blank playing time against TCU. He better see significant playing time against TCU. Significant because he's been in the rotation before, and when he's in there, it's been successful. I'm not saying the guy's got to be the starter. I understand the limitations and the problems. I personally would start him based on what little I know from the observations I've made as a fan. But he better see significant playing time because he's been effective in those moments compared to what Deggy has done. I said something similar. I said, Garrett Green better see multiple whole drive playing time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Stuffed it in there, you know, just made it work. Just made it work. But he better get multiple um, whole drives. I understand the fact that he went two and out uh, a couple times in in games. Two and out is nothing. Give him a chance. He better see a lot. Like I said, I'm not telling you he has a whole playbook. I'm not telling you he knows everything. I'm saying that what we've been doing isn't working and we need something else. So give him time. Give him an opportunity. We'll see what happens. Number five, West Virginia blank against TCU. West Virginia has a chance against TCU. TCU's run defense is abysmal. Their best running back is probable to play, but there's a chance he may not. Gary Patterson has people calling for his head, even though he has a statue on campus. TCU's program is in turmoil. It is not where it usually is. And, fun fact, West Virginia has beaten them three times in a row. We have a chance this Saturday. TC, uh, WVU will, Brandon, I'm going to say, we're going to win. This may be the last time, other than Kansas, you hear me say we're going to win for a game. I think we're going to come out here and win. I th- Like you said, we beat them the last three times. Um, if you're ever going to trust a climb this year, it would have to be this game where you have a week off after getting embarrassed. Because after this, if we lose and get embarrassed losing, there's no reason to ever trust a climb for the rest of the year or uh, maybe ever again. So this is huge, and I honestly think that we pull it off. I think we come out with a close win. Well, there it is. Five questions, five answers. Your boy, RVK, coming off the bye week. We didn't have no bye week because we here and we ready, but we gave you our answers. Let us know how you feel. Rap me, boys! 
Your home for everything Kansas Jayhawks is the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Metz, and every week we run through the most important stories for all your favorite Kansas programs, whether it's football, soccer, or tennis, volleyball or basketball, baseball and softball, or any other Jayhawk competition, we have it. We have game previews and recaps, interviews with coaches and others close to the team, and analysis from those who pay close attention to all of these programs. You can find us by searching for Rock Chalk Podcast on your favorite platform, so start listening today. I am very excited to announce a new sponsor to the RBK that you guys will love. Symbol. It's the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams or whoever it is you want to invest in. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol is offering a very special giveaway to the 1012 Network and the Raspy Voice Kids. It's going to hold a drawing to give away two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. All you have to do is sign up for Symbol, make a $25 deposit using promo code RASPY12, that's R-A-S-P-Y-1-2, and you will be entered into a chance to win two tickets to your favorite team's game this season. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code RASPY12, RASPY12, for a chance to win two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. Visit symbol.com and use the promo code RASPY12 and start investing in your favorite teams now. Down the chimney he will come with his great big smile And he'll find that even the kiddies are swinging in a latest style Oh, what is Santa bringing? Segment number three is the RVK Roundup, where we hit all sports, primarily West Virginia sports. We're going to start out with football. Your boy Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, joined by... Yeah, he called me in the yard, son. He called me in the yard. J.N. Fiend in the build. What do you think about West Virginia versus TCU, Jeremy? Um, I'm thinking I'm, well, we, we need this win more than anything. This is one of the biggest games... No, this is the biggest game for this uh, current coaching staff. Period, and I disagree. Disagree. What's a bigger game? Virginia Tech was a bigger game. I feel like if we lost to Virginia Tech, ah, uh, no, it's pretty big. But but if we'd uh, we could have righted the ship. I said uh, the fact that we are two and four right now and can move to two and uh, two and five. Brandon, uh, off a of bye week, this Jeremy, is, what this, this game has no implications for anything. We can't win the conference. It has no trophy, no rivalry, no recruiting uh, ramifications. This game means nothing, ultimately. Virginia Tech meant a lot, especially since we lost to Maryland. Does this lose the team, though? It depends on on what the game looks like. It depends on if the team comes out and plays with effort. If we get blown out, do we lose the team? Uh, We didn't lose nothing. Neil Brown would have lost the team if they get blown out. (laughs) (laughs) That's the reason I say it's bigger. Because if we could have lost to Virginia Tech in a close game and still somehow rallied, this for me feels like, I'm not talking about fans. I'm not talking about the overall record. My main thing is, when do you lose a team? We're in the third year. When do you lose a team? Right now, 
I don't know, man. I don't know if the players look around and say, hey, we don't have the guy at quarterback. I don't know if the players look around and say, hey, we don't have an offensive line, but our defense is building. Our defense is legitimate for the most part every single season that Neil Brown's been here. Yes. I don't think look around. Yes, and we'll see. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to tell me what, what it is. We'll see against TCU because I would love to say, hey, look, they quit on Baylor, but I don't know. Maybe Baylor's just way better than us and we just no, got pounded. No, Chris, Chris Anderson and Mike Casaza both said the film showed that they quit. Multiple, okay. multiple players so, specifically. And sometimes you can quit for a game. That's why this game is so huge, Brandon, because we're going to find out. Are we just not good or has a pl- or have the players quit? On Neil Brown. That's Which is why important is because TCU is not a very good football team. TCU, their defense is not strong, especially not against the run. And that's something that we've tried to establish, being able to run. So we'll see because TCU shouldn't really pose that big of a threat. But the funny thing is, we only have, I think, a 29.6% chance to win according to ESPN's FBI. And Vegas has us as a four and a half point underdog at home. Did you just say not that big of a threat about this football team? As if they could talk about anybody not being that big of a threat. I just meant if I just meant this is not Iowa State, it's not Oklahoma State. Okay. Left on the schedule. Words hold power, Brandon. Heard that from somebody a million times. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, for y'all who don't know, Brandon always says that to me. Anyway, so Neil Brown coming off this bye week. We kind of touched on it on I got five on it. Do you have any feelings about that? And go ahead, spit stats if you want to. Go ahead. I'll I'll clean up afterwards. Uh, I didn't realize how I I'll just say I didn't realize the magnitude. I did not realize the level uh of ineptitude that Neil Brown has shown so far with extended breaks. You enlighten me, so I think you should enlighten the people. No, we're gonna do that. In the past three years, and I'll say two years because this third year is our first bye week. The past two years, the first two years of the Neil Brown tenure here at WVU, he has played five, excuse me, six games in which he had over a week to prepare. So a bye week is, you know, seven days. There's been a couple times he's had 14 days. Last year when, when Oklahoma kept canceling, we had almost three weeks. So we're talking about games where he's had at least nine days prepare for the team coming up. And in those games, and we're not including bowl games, in those games, Neil Brown is one and five, Brandon. One, one and five. five. One and one five. five one I thought it, one and four. I thought it was one and four. I went back and looked, and in fact, it is one and five. Why? No, I got a question for you. Why are you not counting the bowl game? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like a, a lot of things go into the bowl games, and for me, it's not like your typical turnaround bye week. I understand with a couple of these games that you've had extended time off, but for me, I just don't count the the bowl game. I'm talking about typical bye weeks, typical. I don't. I, I, maybe not typical. Just I don't know. I'm not counting the bowl bowl games. Okay, I'm not. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I just wondered if there was like a philosophical reason or what. No, but but the thing that interests me is this: in these five games in which Neil Brown has went one in five, one in five after a bye week. There's only two games where he scored over 30 points. One game was a loss against Texas in 19, where he lost 42-31. And the second game he won over 30 points was against Kansas in 2020. And I'm sorry, I can't count that. Maybe I should, but you were going to beat, beat Kansas no matter you're on a bye week or a short week or you played on Thursday in the NFL. It didn't matter. You're beating Kansas no matter what. The other four games, the other four games out of the six, 
The most points we've scored is 17. We've scored 14. We've scored 13. We've also scored 6. 6, 13, 14, and 17. Brandon, what were you doing during the bye week? What were you working on during the bye week? What I think would be interesting to, is to know how many of those other teams are coming off a of bye week as well, because that would give them extra time to scout. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, but we're not producing but the points. St- but, the, but, the stat, but the stat is the stat. Like, the stat shows, even if they had a bye week, you still got out coached. Yep. There's certain and teams. That's the, thing, that's the thing that worries me. The lack of in-game adjustments, the lack of ability to win off a of bye week, for the most part, I mean, like, significantly most part, it makes me question Neil Brown's ability offensively. We've been saying over and over again, he needs an offensive coordinator. Jared Parker is not it. Jared Parker is getting strong Jeff Mullen vibes. Now, Jeff Mullen is the pinnacle of pathetic because he had a Ferrari and just couldn't drive stick. He couldn't keep from stalling out. Yep. But I will say Jared Parker does not have the tools, does not have the quarterback, does not have the talent that Jeff Mullen has. Would you say that? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I have to interrupt you because you say that. But on the first two drives where he scripts them out, how come we're going down there and scoring? We go down there and score every time. So how can we score for the rest of the game? It feels like maybe you're getting out X and O'd after they make the adjustment. Because you show me you have the horses and, and the schematics to do with the first two drives. Jeremy, will you name me a receiver on our team that compares to Stephen Bailey or Tavon Austin? I cannot, sir. Can you name me a quarterback that compares I'm, to Geno Smith? No, no, I cannot. Obviously, I can't. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not telling you that, that Jared Parker is not inept. I'm telling you he doesn't have the same tools. Now, he may still be inept because if you can't drive a five-speed, it doesn't matter if it's a Ferrari or a Geo Metro. It doesn't matter. If you can't drive a five-speed, you can't drive a five-speed. So Jared Parker is inept. I agree. I'm just saying he's not Jeff Mullen level. That's, that was the only point I was making. So, so we look at this and we look at the – the real, I really don't have faith after a bye week because of that. I see that, and I think, I mean, maybe it could change. Maybe it's just personnel, but you've had six games, and you've won one of them after an extended time, extended period off. And then it makes me think of Brandon. When Neil Brown says and tells us, trust the climb, who's he talking to? Is he talking to the team? Is he talking to his players? Talking to his staff? Is he talking to us as fans? Who is Trust the Climb actually directed at? I think it's all of the above, Jeremy, including Shane Lyons, the man signing his check. I think it's up to everybody. I think it's it's directed at everybody who's involved in this program. Fans are involved in the program. The administration's involved in the program. The coaches are. And, of course, most integrally, the players are involved in this climb. So he's he's talking to all of us, Jeremy. He's talking to everyone. So so what is he asking of us when, when he when he says makes a statement? Patience. He wants patience. He wants time to be able to accomplish what he believes is possible in Morgantown if we stick with the climb. Okay. I have a phrase for you. I want you to listen up closely. You guys remember, may remember it from history. It's ask not what the fans can do for you. But ask what you can do for the fans. That's the way I feel right now. Quit asking of us to trust. That that part is over. We've showed up. We've spent money. We sold out the Nike shoe uh, uh, faster than any other college sold out. The 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 I can't remember the Nike Pegasus. 
whatever shoe, faster than any other university in the country in the first week. We've been showing up and buying gear. So now it's stop. It's time for you to stop asking what the fan can do for you and start doing for the fan. That's the way I feel. Yeah. I, no, I get, thing, I get it for my, the players. I get it for, for, for the higher-ups who hired you. But for the fans, <laughs> stop it. Just, just, just yeah. say, say it on the inside. Not, I don't think he's asking fans for too much. I don't think I've not heard him complain about the fans. I've not heard him complain a ton about the media, to be fair. Like Chris Kleiman at Kansas State just said he would do better if the media would help put a more positive spin on the program. Ooh, that is absurd ooh. to me. I can't believe that man said that as a professional coach, but he did as the head coach. Neil Brown's not out here saying stuff like that. He's not blaming fans for losses. He's not blaming fans for being frustrated. So I hear your quote going the Winston Churchill way, or sorry, the John F. Kennedy way. I was about to say. John F. Kennedy way. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I feel like Happy he said to us, the birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm just, I just don't. See, my thing with the climb, my whole thing with the climb is you've got to set reasonable expectations. When somebody goes to hike or to climb Mount Everest, there's a schedule. Everybody gets a schedule. You know where you're supposed to be and when within a time frame when you're climbing Mount Everest. Neil Brown has not given us a time frame when we can expect to be a winning football team. He has not given us a time frame where we can expect to be in a Big 12 championship game. He has not given us a time frame for when we can compete to be in a college football playoff game. He has not and given us a time frame where we're going to have a winning record. We had one last year. Yeah, that was cute. But you said winning record. Yeah, I know. I know. You're right. You're right. So all, all I'm saying is he hasn't given us a time frame. You want people to trust the climb. Give us a time frame. Tell us. Tell us what you're expecting, what you're waiting on. If you're this, not, then you're going to get this criticism like you've been getting. And we're, and we're going to say to you, we aren't trusting the climb as in rebuilding. We're trusting that you're going to make the decisions that are going to make us win as soon as possible, which, in my opinion, means you've got to give Garrett Green more playing time because Jared Dagey's not winning you games. He's two and four. Yeah, there's one thing he can do for the fans. Like I said, if you, if you, what can you do for the fans? One thing you can do for the fans is give us a timetable. You know another thing you can do for the fans, Brandon? Win. Give us a night game. That's an easy one. Uh, what, what, what What's going on with that? What game was it? Oklahoma State. And they had a choice. Tell us about it, Brandon. ESPN Plus allows for the home the home team to decide what time the game is played. And you can pick essentially whatever time you want. And we picked 2 p.m. for some reason. Now, I'll tell you, as a fan, I prefer 2 p.m. over 7.30. I like to get to it, you know, because you get the noon games. You get to watch those new games. Then you get to, uh, so three thirty kickoffs my favorite, but two p.m. doesn't bother me that bad. I like two p.m. Um, but most fans, especially those who are going to be attending the game, would like a night game to make some noise against a highly ranked team who's currently undefeated, who has beaten us the last few years. They wanted to have those lights and feel that magic, <laughs> that nighttime magic in Morgantown. Yep. And yet, they decided a two p.m. game. Now here, I understand there's a lot of people who say, hey, look, we like early games. We're like getting up in Morgantown and getting home. But there's a whole other half of fans who love night games in Morgantown. So you say, well, fine. He played, he played catered to the fans who wanted two o'clock. 
The only th- reason why I say no, stop it is all of our games are noon, 2 o'clock, 3.30. When's the last night game? You could have gave the, 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 par- the portion of the fans who love night games, who love what makes Morgantown so magical, night games in Milan, Pushkar Stadium, making noise all day to get ready. <laughs> all day to get ready. Get lubricated. And you decided on 2 p.m.? What? Man, like you could have thrown us a bone. You could have said thank you. That's a way of saying thank you. But you didn't. You but I don't f- know that Neil Brown made a decision, Jeremy. It might have been Shane Lyons. might have been Gordon. I don't know who makes that decision. That's true. And and, and by the way, I'm stepping outside the box. I, I expanded a little bit. I should have let you know I'm expanding a little bit because I wasn't talk- talking exactly about Neil Brown on this. But somebody should have gave us a night game because we've been clamoring for it and we love it. Now, granted, this year's the first year where the old-headed dude in this and me came out. And I realized I don't like staying up that late waiting for a game. The Oklahoma game. No. Nope. I went I went watch what I also hate Pitt, Brandon. And it just it just dragged on and on. I'm like, is it eight o'clock yet? And th- t- this year was the first time I was like, no, I don't I don't like night games. It's too long to wait. But when I was younger, for the younger crowd who brings the energy and the fury and the chanting and the throwing of batteries, joking, we're not Ole Miss. Um No, Tennessee. We're not Tennessee. <laughs> joking, we're not Tennessee. We've been reformed. But my point is, give us something. Give us a bone, man. I'm a little disappointed. I'm very disappointed. We could have had a night game in Motown, and now it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's sad. But you know what we're going to have very soon, Jeremy? What we got? Mountaineer basketball. We're playing basketball. By the way, Brady, have you ever listened to that original song? Yes, Jeremy. Basketball Basketball is is my favorite sport. (laughs) Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I'm serious. I wish I was back, uh, alive back then. Uh, I would be the livest rapper of all time if I was back then. Brandon, is a, I even like what? The pick and roll. The give and go. <laughs> Brandon, yeah, it's no. so cheesy. So I'll Jesus. be the greatest rapper of all time. The GOAT. No, but so basketball is coming up. And we talked about it already, like how we feel about the basketball season. And I'm nonplussed, but I am intrigued to an extent. I want to see what happens with Sean McNeil and Taz Sherman. We know that JUCO takes some time. JUCO transfers take some time to acclimate to big time Power Five basketball. That said, these guys they've lost a lot. We lost our best two players in Deuce and Derek, and now it's time to see if Taz and Sean and Gabe, who is said to have greatly improved his jump shot, can be the guys we need them to be. Jalen Bridges is going to be a star, and he already is. And don't huh? forget about Malik Curry. Everybody's talking big about I, Malik. I don't Curry. know anything about Malik Curry. I don't know anything about Malik Curry on a Power 5 level. I've never seen Malik Curry play on a Power 5 level. I have seen Jalen Bridges play on a Power 5 level. And at the end of the season, when he got more playing time, he showed up and showed out. Oh. So what I'm curious about, what he does against Sir- Against Syracuse, right? Oh, no, my bad, yeah. my bad, my bad, my bad. He, okay. No, no, sorry. That, that was one of the off games. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Unnecessary <laughs> hate, in my opinion. No, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. You said he's going to be a star. I think he's a good player. That's the thing. I'm numb to all these. He pre-season. was a good player as a freshman. Yes, yes, but you got to I, I got to see more. And like I said, I, I think he was a good player, but in the biggest moments, he didn't show up. And that's Syracuse. He's a fr- Jeremy. He's a freshman. That's it's right. not his job to carry the team. It was Deuce and Derek's job. I'm not, Derek disappeared against Syracuse. And, and I'm not hating. Jalen may be the next coming. I'm just saying where I am. Like I said, I got five on it. I'm gonna wait and see. I love, dude. You, I I haven't liked a, a kid on our team as well. Since McBride, 
But I, I love me some Gabe. <laughs> I love me some Gabe. Gabe, I love his spirit. I love the way he fights, man. I like. By some the way, dudes by the way, team. I saw I saw somebody steal. Somebody uh, called him Gabe O the other day on Twitter. I saw it, and I was like, they know they stole that from JMP. <laughs> and so, and so. I like this team, man, but like I'm just so numb right now, man. I've, I've been through so much, I can't feel. That's the thing, Brady. Right now, I can't feel. I'm not excited for this year. I, I, I am actually. You know, what? I take it back. I, I want to watch what Mountaineer basketball. I'm just so much in a wait and see. It's like I just got my golden blue on. I'm gonna put my Mountaineer hat on, and uh, I'm a root from every game. But I got no expectation, like I don't in football. No, you had expectations for football. You still have expectations. You picked. That's the BTCU this Saturday. Yeah, but I uh, look, 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 I ain't gonna be shocked. Look, don't get it twisted, homie. Like, I was trying to come with some positivity. Look, I look, when it comes to West Virginia football, I really have no expectation as to what's really gonna play out for the rest of the year. I got no clue. No clue. Huggins looked like he lost some weight, by the way. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> good for him. Here's the thing, too. Like, when we talk about West Virginia football, like, we get all hyped and we want us to be so great. Um, we want us to be, you know, one of the more talked about, one of the more prominent teams. But I saw something, Brandon. I saw something that brought me to, back to reality. You know what that was? What? I saw I saw the people LSU was looking to hire. Coaching candidates. Have you saw that? Yeah, I saw it. Did you see who was on LSU's coaching candidate Maybe, possibly. Now, I know there's some people who have turned it down. I know some people who've said, hey, I'm not interested in the job. Some of those people are Jimbo Fisher, who had to come out and publicly say he wasn't interested. Brandon, Dabo Sweeney down there at Clemson, another Power 5 school, another elite school, comes out and says, you know what, I'm interested in staying here. Um, uh, Franklin, James Franklin, Penn State, we're talking about Penn State. We're talking about an old school program up in Happy Valley. He's coming out and talking about the LSU job because his name's been ruined for uh, rumored for it. Len Kiffin, who's also there in the SEC, is part of their coach guy. And I'm, as I'm watching this, all I can think of is, let's say somehow this climb doesn't work out here in a couple years. The quality of candidates that West Virginia would be going at, believe you me, would not look anything like what LSU has the possibility or is being rumored to or coaches who have to come out and publicly say they're turning down the job. And it hit me just the distinction of we're not where we want to be right now. We're nowhere near close. It it was a humbling realization of the have and have nots. Because I promise you, when we're looking for a coach, like we did last go around, it wasn't power five schools that we were looking at taking their coach to come play, to come coach in Morgantown. Jeremy, do you know what the blue chip ratio is? Give it to me. It's far more important than your anecdotal evidence, which is good evidence. Looking at coaching hires or coaching lists, that's good evidence, even though I think LSU is delusional. It's good evidence of where you are as a program when you can have a list like that. The blue chip ratio basically says there are only certain teams that have a chance to win a national championship. College football teams need to sign more four- and five-star recruits, a.k.a. blue chips, than two- and three-star players over the previous four recruiting classes. This has been true basically as far back as modern internet recruiting rankings have existed. So, do you want to hear the 16 teams that have a chance in 2021? I bet I could guess them, but go ahead. Well, we can guess the top four. Give me your top four. Oh, we already know them. Alabama, Ohio State, 
Clemson, and Georgia. Perfect. Then you have LSU, Oklahoma, Texas, Florida, who is not even in the top 25 right now, A&M, Michigan, Auburn, Oregon, Penn State, Notre Dame, Miami, and USC barely making the threshold at 53% blue chip ratio. West Virginia is not even close, Jeremy. We don't even side, we don't even have a five-star on our rot on our on our uh depth chart. Nobody on our roster is a five-star. Very few four stars. So people who talk about winning a national championship need to understand we aren't winning a national championship in football for a minimum of a decade. If ever. And my opinion is we're never going to because it's next to impossible to recruit that kind of talent to Morgantown. Not saying we can't win, not saying Neil Brown can't make a difference, but to compete for a national championship, we're not even in the gym. We're not even in the conversation. And it's not even close. We're not even close to the conversation. Yeah. We might get some, we might get some upsets here and there. That's why I think it's important to adjust your viewpoint. Now, in basketball, we did get a five-star in Oscar Sheboy. We lost him. We weren't able to keep him, which is a pattern hug he has of not being able to keep big men. They either go pro early or they transfer, right? Yep. But football, it's a whole different animal. Basketball, you only need one or two blue chippers to make a difference. Syracuse is going to go far just by having Carmelo Anthony, let alone the other talent they had around him. But so, so basketball is a lot easier job. But this blue chip ratio, Jeremy, it just doesn't miss. It just does not miss. There are very few, if any, exceptions. And if you want to see, if you want to see, uh, just go to 247sports.com. Blue chip. I just typed in blue chip ratio and it'll come up. Yeah, it's rough. by Bud Elliott. I want to give him his props. Um, but just FYI, if y'all think we win a national championship anytime soon, I don't care. Nico Marshall, he's a four star. Great. How many more four stars do we have? Well, we have no five stars. Well, I will say the only way that maybe you get to a point where you can do something like that is if you have that five star. I mean, have that quarterback who was underrated, who just balls out under just is just amazing. Just absolutely amazing. You mean like Lamar Jackson? Yeah, no, I mean Michael Vick, and I know that Virginia Tech had good players then, but I don't know if they had top fifteen players. But then you you put a guy like Michael Vick, who who probably who was a five star. I'm not sure of that, but I'm pretty sure of that. Um, with guys who are medium and and you know a little above average, and sometimes that can propel you. Now they didn't win it, but they went there. That's your only. That's yeah. your only hope. Getting a once in a lifetime talent that nobody like, like a Pat White, because we almost made it there. Don't get it twisted. We know we almost made it there. Uh, had we, we almost upended the apple cart. Yep, yep. And like I said, it's a, but it's once in a lifetime, once in a decade type player that, and it has to be quarterback. It's not a running no, back. Pat, Pat White is not a once in a decade. He is a once. Pat White is a once in a generation player. Like more than a decade, I would say, close to a lifetime. There was no major errors. There's only. There's only two of those players who have, who have ever existed in Morgantown. Like, it's oh, crazy oh, oh, me. okay. I thought you were talking about period. I was like, because we just saw Lamar Jackson. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, you're talking Lamar about, Jackson, you're talking you're about right, in Lamar, Morgantown. In Morgantown. That's okay. what I was talking about. But, but Lamar Jackson's team, I believe, went 7-5, and five, Jeremy. True. They went 7-5 and five with Lamar freaking Jackson. <laughs> So one guy is as great as Lamar Jackson is, or Robert Griffin. Look what they did with Robert Griffin Jr., who won a Heisman at Baylor, but was not able to propel his team to even 10 wins. I think they went 9-3. and three. You've sure. got to have the horses. 
The Jimmys and the Joes are more important than the X's and the O's every day of the week. Ask Ed Orgeron, who's now out of a job, even though we would trade his roster for our roster every day of the week. Every second. There's no question. So, and like the point, one of the points Bud Elliott makes is the coaches only get 20 hours a week to work with the players. So you better just be a dog to begin with. Not saying the strength coaches can't help. Not saying that a good program doesn't make a difference. Not saying that, you know, you got to be a good, don't have to be a good coach to win. But you ain't winning at all. You're not winning at all unless you have that blue chip ratio of at least 51% four and five stars. So what we're trying to say after all this talking is just rep the golden blue, support the golden blue, and enjoy that they represent your state and enjoy the wins. And just cut the expectations out. Because when you do that, your life becomes a lot easier. Is it possible? No, but I personally still think we have, we are good. We can recruit well enough to win a big 12 championship, to win a power five championship, power five conference championship once every four to five years. I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's unattainable. I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's uh, pie in the sky dreaming personally. I think it's reasonable to expect that out of a coach, but see this, but but go ahead, go ahead, finish your spot. But much more than that is crazy in Morgantown. But but here's the thing. So you say once every four years, and I get that. But what hurts the most is when you get to that fourth year where you're supposed to win it with uh, Will uh, Will Greer and and Sills and Jennings, and you go eight and four, and that is your fourth year. And then the sports yeah. gods don't say, "Hey, hey, hey, he got hurt, so we're gonna give you no another one." No, no, that's not how it works. You don't get a do over. You gotta wait four more years, which we're currently at. That's what no, stinks the most. But that's why the blue chip ratio is so important because you need the depth. Because injuries happen. People who can't play happen. Busts happen. But when you have the depth, you just replace them with another guy. We don't have that in Morgantown. We don't have, we don't have a, Jared Day is not a three-star quarterback. He's not. <laughs> Garrett Green, I believe, is a three-star. But we see that he can't even get enough playing time. He can't win the starting job so far. Uh, Goose Crowder's Brandon, 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 I'm laughing so hard because <laughs> I remember early in the year after we lost to Oklahoma, everybody said, yeah, we're going to see them again. Uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Next year on the schedule. <laughs> no, Jeremy, they're going to see him again on TV. On TV. <laughs> I know you were talking about the Big 12 championship. I know for a fact y'all couldn't have been talking about the Big 12 championship. No chance, but they were. That's the crazy thing. They were. Too funny. All right, man. So to wrap this up, man, you got anything about pro sports? Anything you want to talk about? Need to get off your chest about pro sports? Uh, I saw a meme with Russell Westbrook being the Grim Reaper, and instead of him knocking off teams, it was showing him killing his own teams, going from Oklahoma City all the way down to the Lakers. He's knocking on the door right oh, now. Oh, stop it. Stop the it. The Lakers have not won a game with Russell Westbrook in the lineup yet, preseason or regular season. Okay. All right. Do you think the Lakers, the geriatric Lakers, are going to do anything this year? You just said the geriatric Lakers, and now you're blaming on Russell Westbrook as if he's the problem. No, the problem is what you just said, the geriatric Lakers. No, the problem is Russell Westbrook can't lift the geriatric Lakers up like people are expecting. I I don't – look, look. here's the thing. Last year they didn't do it either. I'm sorry. Here's the thing. I don't think the Lakers are going to win at all, but I'm not blaming on Russell Wilson – Russell Wilson – Russell Westbrook because of it. I I hear what you're saying, but no, I'm, I'm sorry. People just want to put stuff on people they don't like. This is not a Russell Westbrook problem. I like how hard Russell Westbrook plays. 
He doesn't play winning basketball. He just doesn't. Okay. I don't know how you watch the game and get that out of that, but okay, whatever. Um, I will also. And the s- Nets, the Nets, I, I want the Nets to lose so bad. I want them to lose. Brandon. I do not want them to win anything. Uh, Javon Carter makes me almost wish that they won, but he can't even do enough to overcome James Harden, Kyrie Irving's nonsense, Kevin Durant. He can't do it. And I how come how how come James Harden's favorite thing to do is be out of shape? Last year, I okay, <laughs> understand. No, last year I understand. You were trying to get out of your contract. This year, you 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 show up out of shape. Like you don't look in shape to me. Are you serious? It's it's not as bad as Ben Simmons, but it's pretty bad. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers saying that he owns the Bucks? It's one of the best sports moments I've ever seen. I love I loved it. I love every moment of it. I love the raw, real emotion of it. And the best part is it's straight up facts. He I does own Chicago. I love that because that is what sports about is, is about. Bragging rights, asserting yourself, my better is better than your better. The only reason why I have certain pause is I feel like there's hypocrisy because if other people would have said the exact same thing, there would not be this level of, yeah, it's well, it's true. Let Odell Beckham Jr. come out there and say that about somebody. They're not, everybody's not going to be like, yeah, <laughs> look at him. Yeah, that's true. They would have something else to say about sportsmanship and other things. But whatever, he won. I can't stand uh, I can't stand Aaron Rodgers to say it every single week. But he's out there balling. What can you say? What can you do? I do want to say one more thing about the NFL before we go because I want to talk about the Cardinals. I kind of talked about them before. And I'm bringing them up again. Why? Because they are the only undefeated team left in the NFL. And not just because they're undefeated, but because they beat the Rams 37 to 20. Wasn't a game. Because they beat the Titans. They beat them up bad 38 to 13. Because they beat Cleveland, who everybody thinks is going to have a really special season, 37 to 14. They've won over 30 points every single game. Five of the six games, except for against San Francisco. And the reason why I bring this up is not because I love Kyle Murray, not because I love the Cardinals. It's because I heard so many people over and over again say, this offense can't win in the NFL. But you know what? They're winning. They're winning for now. I believe in them personally. I hate that Cliff Kingsbury was able to to fail his way forward because that's what he did. He failed forward. But I do like the product they put on the field. Yep. Well, that's all I got. And also, and also, wait, also, how do people keep trading them whatever they want, by the way? Like, how do they get Zach Ertz for nothing, pretty much, from Philadelphia? They got DeAndre Hopkins for nothing. How, how does this keep happening? I actually don't understand that. Um, NBA trades make sense to me. Um, MLB trades, not really. And NFL trades, not really sometimes. Yep. But that's it. That's all we got. The RVK came, dropped it, dropped it on you. Can't wait. Let's get ready for TCU Saturday. Uh, was it 7.30? Was it 2.30? What, what time is this game? I can't remember. Uh, I don't even remember. Hold on. I actually think it's a late game. WVU versus TCU is at 7.30. Night game, Texas Christian. Let's see if we can get back on it. Let's see if we can adjust and change the trajectory of this climb. Here we go. Let's go Mountaineers. Podcast Network.